Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Hello and welcome to Market View. And joining us today to start off our week is Lionel Lin, Director of Research at the SGX. Hello, Lionel. Hi, good afternoon, Melissa. Okay, let's dive straight into it, right? Because we've got big yep. news coming out this week. The Federal sure. Reserve, the US Federal Reserve's two-day meeting is the highlight of the week, I think, across the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next catalyst for markets will be what clues it gives about future rate hikes. So um, you want to take it from here? <laughs> Yes, the floor definitely. is yours. Okay. Yes, super topical uh, this week, especially. So um, just wanted to recap last week. We've seen choppy sessions the whole of last week in the U.S. market. And that's especially post the CPI print on Friday, which spooked market. You saw that the U.S. market sold off, right? And in fact, uh, all three major U.S. indices declined by about 5 to 6% for the week ending 10th June. Uh, no surprises. If you look over here in Asia Pacific, right, you look at today's session, we've seen a broad-based decline across across all the markets. And same for the STI morning session, last I looked, was down by, by about 0.6%. Mm-hmm. Though I will highlight that we are actually outperforming the region with the largest declines actually coming from Korea, Hong Kong, Japan, and Taiwan. Mm. So really just wanted to break it down for you very quickly, the CPI print was up about 8.6% year-on-year in May. And that was the fastest increase since December 1981. Uh, Excluding food and energy, the core CPI was up by about 6%. And both these sets of numbers were higher than expectations, Mm. which was what probably drove the market's uh, reaction to it. You are also starting to see U.S. consumer sentiment uh, measured by the University of Michigan, right? There's this index. It fell to an all-time low. So Mm. what this means is that the print sort of dampened hopes that inflation has peaked and raised the potential for a potential recession in the U.S. economy. So it's interesting because post that print, Treasury yields not only gone up, right? We've seen a little bit of the flattening of the yield curve, i.e., right, the shorter duration yields was rising closer to the long duration. And now people are potentially going to talk about a potential yield curve inversion again. It happened uh, earlier this year. And to some, right, that is sort of like a recession signal, Mm. if you will. Mm. Um, Coming into Wednesday, do note that there were about 75 basis points of heights post the March and the May session so far. Mm. Currently, Fed funds rates are at about 0.75 to 1%. Mm. So obviously, market expectations prior to the CPI print was for a 50 basis point hike. Mm. But post that, we've actually seen some economies who penciled in 75 basis points. So the speed of tightening for the Fed will be something investors will be looking out for uh, Mm -hmm. quite, quite, quite closely. And as mentioned last week, I think most central banks globally, they have been raising rates as a counter to rising inflation. Mm-hmm. Most notable, China and Japan are still in the easing phase, mm. if you will. Uh, this is a very delicate balancing act, as mentioned last week, because they need to ensure that rates are high, but not to really have a very big detrimental impact on economies. Mm. And if you look, yeah, sorry. No, no, you go ahead, please. Mm, yeah, yeah I, I think if you look at it, uh, rate hikes have probably impacted the market negatively. And typically in such a scenario, investors Mm. like to look at more defensive stocks. So i.e., right, companies that are able to generate high free cash flow, have lower labor or commodity input, and also companies that are importantly able to pass through higher costs to customers. So if you look from it, from that perspective, banks typically seen as a beneficiary of higher rates as long as economies remain stable. So one thing about Singapore banks, regional banks, reopening, is the team. That's a near-term headwind. Mm. And that will potentially drive 
loan demand up and also benefiting the, benefiting the banks. If you look at some of the Singapore banks, they have very integrated regional models. So they are well positioned to cater to rising demand. Um, obviously, when we talk about rates, we talk about REITs too, right? Because mm, mm. this is seen as a sector that's quite sensitive to REITs. But historically, we've seen our benchmark right, as REITs generating positive returns in previous rate hike cycles. And do note that three-quarters of our REITs have their current debts fixed or hedged. So that's a good thing for them. And they have a debt ratio, average debt ratio, well below the regulatory limit. And some investors actually do see REITs providing a certain degree of protection against inflation. Because if inflation comes through, uh, asset price will be revised up. And these REITs hold assets. So net-net, if you look within the Singapore context, right, we observe that the market continues to be resilient. Uh, and the reopening team hopefully will help to provide some support in the near term. Mm. So when you talked about um, that seven fa- 75 basis points expectations from economists, yeah. is that what they think the Fed will do? Is that what they hope the Fed will do? Well, um, previously, they were hoping for more of a 50 basis point hike uh, for this week's decision. Mm. Um, but the, I think the area of um, debate right now is whether that is inflation running a lot. And it has obviously the CPI print has shown that it has not peaked. Mm. So people were thinking that the Fed may potentially take a more aggressive tightening mm. view and henceforth they pencil in a 75 basis point. Mm-hmm. Type. Mm. Yeah. So do you think the market has already taken that in um, and, and you know priced it into to the movements? Or or you know, if there were any surprise from the Fed if it were to move even more aggressively than that seventy five basis points, how do you see markets in the region uh, reacting to it? Well, potentially I think it's not just a rate high or so. What the market has is already discounting is that there's a potential recession that's uh, looming. Um, especially over in the U.S. side of things. So um, if it comes true and there's a 50 basis point uh, increase, I think that's all in good because that's picked in by consensus. Uh, 75 basis points hike may potentially also have a a negative impact on the markets. But all in all, you've got to think on it from a a very longer term perspective, right? If you look from it, the U.S. markets are down, NASDAQ is down about 30% of its Mm. peak. In for Q. So at some point, investors who are more concerned about valuation, which obviously is uh, very critical right now, right? You look mm. at uh, decent valuations and all, they may start to think that the markets look interesting and some of these value investors may come in and mm. hopefully pick up quality companies at uh, good prices. Mm-hmm. As you've mentioned, yeah. right, um, the STI has been not just resilient, but actually performing pretty well against, you know, um, its uh, counterparts in the region. So, how do you see, um, you know, the STI uh, moving this week? Yes, uh, definitely. I think for this week, the macros will continue to dictate the Asian market's performance uh, mm. this week. So, as you know, this, this time around to this morning, we're down about 0.6%. So, we're slightly below the 3,200 level range. Do expect, I think, sort of like a range-bound performance uh, leading up to the Fed's decision over there. And that's when uh, we'll probably take cue uh, from, from the Fed's uh, announcement. Obviously, for Singapore-centric on Friday, we'll be reporting our non-oil domestic export for May. And there, there will be expectations over there. Um, just a reminder for April, uh, NODX was up about 6.4% mm-hmm. year-on-year and was 7.7% year-on-year in March. So um, likewise, I do, we do believe that the markets will probably take cue uh, looking into Wednesday, Thursday. Right, right. But uh, mm-hmm. 
But ahead of that, tomorrow mm. uh, we're looking at uh, another huge economy that that you know generally can move markets. Um, China, yeah. its FDI uh, numbers are expected to be out, mm. right? I think it was yeah. up. Uh, 20.5% in the first four months of 2022 uh, compared mm-hmm. to uh, a year earlier. But um, mm. questions now uh, are being raised uh, you know, over whether China yeah. will remain a preferred destination for foreign investment due to its uh, zero-COVID policy. I mean, we are seeing, you know, again, Beijing and Shanghai's COVID situation, and you know it's taking a, a small setback, right? So, so how do mm. you see? Do you do do you expect to see a continuous expansion this month, or, or are you looking at a, a drop? Yeah, over the past two months, uh, obviously we've, we've seen that uh, COVID impacted uh, supply chain in China and also domestic consumption and demand, right? But if you look at it, China remains a very key focal point for international businesses and financial institutions. Just wanted to point out that in the past couple of months, quite a number of the large American banks are establishing fully owned operations in the country. So we think that while COVID may continue to be a near-term headwind, longer-term prospects continue to look very interesting and relevant for investors. And just wanted to point out that China's benchmark, the broader CSI 300 index, uh, the index has sort of broken out from the downtrend, which has started from December last year. So some potential green shots uh, green shoots over there. In fact, some of the Hong Kong tech performances, right, we have seen last week, they have outperformed their US tech peers. So that potentially is a very good, interesting, positive data point. Closer to home on SGX, obviously, we have about 70 Chinese companies that are listed with a combined market cap of about $60 billion. So the largest ones are new EV manufacturer, Yangzi Jiang Shipbuilding and its financial arm, developer Yenlot Land, and also some of our Chinese REITs like Sesso and EC World REIT. So on the ETF side, we also do provide investors with opportunities to own diversified portfolios of Chinese assets. Mm. So some of it will include, you know, our Hansen Tech ETF, China Leaders ETF, China EV ETF. And in fact, if you would like some exposure to onshore Chinese government bond, mm. the ICBC CSOP China government bond ETF uh, is an option on our exchange. So um, this is something that uh, is quite interesting that we offer on our platform. Uh, last but not least, not forgetting for investors with a shorter investment horizon, right? Mm. Structured products on Chinese-related indices and companies are also available. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, mm. we've, before we go, before we let you go, <laughs> mm, okay, sure. we looked at two big pieces uh, coming up this week, right? The U.S. Federal Reserve's uh, meeting uh, outcome, mm. right? And then also the Chinese uh, data. What else is there for to look out for for the rest of the week? Right. Uh, I think beyond that, these are probably the two most major uh, announcements uh, that's up for the local market. So with that, I do feel that uh, investors will be really focusing uh, their attention on these two. So apart yeah. from that, probably the rest would be, um, there will be less data points coming up from the Singapore market. Okay, I'm actually yeah. wiping my forehead, you know, <laughs> so I relieved uh, that there's more like complex news to, to you know, uh, uh, how do you say, muddle up, yeah, to digest and, and yeah. to confuse us as, as we try to plan ahead uh, on what to mm. do with our portfolios. Uh, Lino, as always, yeah. thank you so much uh, for your time. I'm glad yeah. you had lunch uh, today <laughs> before you joined us. <laughs> yes, thanks, Melissa. Okay. You have a great week ahead. Thank you. Look forward to speaking with you again. Yeah, take care. Bye. Thank you. Uh, that was Lino Lin, Director of uh, Research at the SGA. Uh, provide, providing us with his time and his insights. Do stay with Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.